This is Good News Friday with David Shibley. This week we are going to celebrate our precious freedoms that we have at least in good numbers still here in the United States. We're so grateful for those freedoms and so grateful to each one who has paid the ultimate price so that those freedoms can continue to be ours. We're grateful that we have freedom of choice, freedom to choose whatever path we want to take. That's a wonderful thing. God never coerces us into doing anything. But Martin Luther, after he came to a living faith in Christ, he said, now for the first time, I am truly free, not free to do wrong, but free to do right. Jesus, speaking of himself, said, if the Son shall set you free, you will be free indeed. And there's someone listening who, though you live in a country that for the most part is relatively free, you find yourself in something of a personal prison, shackled by sin. You can't break away, seemingly. There was a man by the name of Charles Wesley who since that same great struggle with sin. Very religious man. He was very familiar with the Bible. And yet he did not have a living relationship with God. But one day, one day, it happened where the light came and he felt his chains fell off. And just a few days after that, Charles wrote an amazing song that is still sung by many Christians today. He was still in the afterglow, in the wonder of what had just happened to him. And I'm going to give something of an interpretation now because this is old English, but it's great truth. It's truth that I want you to hear today. Charles Wesley, this new follower of Jesus, this new believer in the finished work of Christ, wrote these words just a few days after coming to know Jesus in a personal way. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood. Died he for me, who caused his pain, for me, who him to death pursued. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Charles was asking, can this really be true, that I should gain an interest, have a portion in the payment that Christ made to pay for the sins of the whole world, that I should have an interest in the Savior's blood. Did he die for me, the one who caused him pain? Did he die for me, the one who was pursuing him to death? He came to die for you. He came to die for me. And Charles was still in the afterglow of this wonderful truth of what had happened to him. Did he die for me, the one who caused his pain? the one who pursued him to his own death on my behalf. And then just in an exclamation of joy, he said, Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Charles went on, he said, He left the Father's throne above, so rich, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of all but love and bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy all, immense and free, that thou, my God, shouldst die for me. Charles still was in amazement. He said he left heaven. He left the Father's throne above. 
because of his rich, his infinite grace, his unmerited favor that he's pouring out to all who will look to him in faith. Jesus emptied himself, Paul said, of all of his prerogatives as God, though he was the eternal Son of God. He emptied himself of all but love, taking upon himself the form of a servant, taking upon himself human flesh, and then he bled for Adam's helpless race. You see, the human race has been in trouble since our very first parents, Adam and Eve. Adam willfully chose to partake of that which was forbidden, and we have been choosing that ever since. And because of that, we have a fallen nature. We are bent toward rebellion, toward going away from God. But Jesus emptied himself of all but love and bled for us. Adam's helpless race. We were helpless. We had no hope. But one came from the outside. Down from his glory, Jesus came and rescued us. He bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy all, immense and free. For, oh my God, it found out me. And then Wesley wrote these words. No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine alive in him, my living head, and clothed with righteousness divine, bold I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. Let's break that down for just a minute. No condemnation now I dread. Charles was saying, because now Jesus lives in me, because of his cleansing blood being applied to all of my sins, They have been thrown into a sea of forgetfulness, cast as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against me anymore. So when Christ does come to judge the world and the judgment upon sin in the world, Charles said, I don't dread that because the judgment for my sin has already been paid. It was paid by Jesus, and I have accepted the sacrifice that he gave for it. So no condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Everything that we need, we have in Christ. The scripture says he is the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form, and we are complete in him. Paul asked, he said, if God didn't spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? I don't know what you're facing today, but I know that Jesus is more than enough. Jesus and all that is in him can be yours by a simple transfer of trust, turning away from your sin, turning away from your self-attempts at righteousness, and looking to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, taking that look of faith and saying yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Charles went on to say, I'm now alive in him. He is my new head. Now I don't look to Adam as my federal head, as theologians would say, but I'm looking to Jesus. He's the head of the church, and he is now my captain. He's the captain of my salvation. He's the new commander-in-chief in my life, alive in him, my living head, and clothed in righteousness divine, the very righteousness of Christ is our new clothing now as believers. So when we stand before him, we stand dressed in 
his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne, alive in him, my living head. I'm clothed in his righteousness divine, and therefore, bold, I approach the eternal throne. Let's come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy, that we might find grace to help in every time of need. And then Charles ends this magnificent piece of music and lyrics and hymnody by saying, Bold I approach the eternal throne, and I claim the crown through Christ alone. It's going to be a wonderful thing not only to be in heaven because of Jesus, but because of his life in us by his Spirit, to have lived in such a way that he himself comes and gives to us crowns for faithful service. That's something that heaven says has eternal value. Won't it be wonderful to have something tangible in our hands, to lay back down at the pierced feet of Jesus? I don't know that I'll receive any crowns, but if I do, I know I'm not going to be wearing them, but rather I'm going to be placing them at the pierced feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's done all of this for you. Let me just ask you, are you where Charles Wesley was just a few days before he wrote this magnificent hymn? The light can come on. Your chains can fall off. Your heart can be free. You can rise, go forth, and follow Jesus. That's the way Charles put it. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. As we celebrate the personal freedoms we enjoy in this country, my prayer for you is that you will be free indeed. And if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And that's Good News Friday and every day. This is David Shibley. Thanks for listening to Good News Friday with David Shibley, founder of Global Advance. To find out more about what it means to follow Jesus, visit chataboutjesus.com. That's chataboutjesus.com or call 888-NEED-HIM.